0: Welcome to the Free Trail Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Dylan Bowman. And today we are joined by Gary Robbins, longtime beloved athlete, coach, and race director from Chilliwack, British Columbia. If you're listening to the show, you probably already know that last Thursday, UTMB and Iron Man announced a new race in Whistler, BC, an action that has been interpreted by many in the community as a bit of a hostile takeover of an independent race that formerly belonged to our guest and his event company, Coast Mountain Trail Running. That race was called Whistler Alpine Meadows, aka Wham, a race that had grown to be very popular with the local trail running community in Western Canada and beyond. This situation has garnered a lot of attention from the media, from athletes, from other independent race directors, and it really does feel like an inflection point moment for the sport at large. Gary happens to be a longtime friend of mine and somebody I respect deeply, so I reached out last week and he agreed to come on the show and talk about it. As I understand it, he's also done an interview with Megan Hicks that's forthcoming on irunfar.com, but aside from that, Gary has since decided to abstain from media interviews on the subject, so I hope I did a good job here. And to his credit, and in the spirit of trail running, Gary wanted to keep this conversation to the facts, the community response, and the path forward without venturing into speculation or outrage. A sentiment that I definitely admire and that I tried to adhere to in the conversation. We're gonna go ad-free in the episode due to the nature of the discussion, but please visit the show notes to find deals and discounts with our great brand partners whom we need to keep the lights on here at Free Trail, including Speedland, Gnarly Nutrition, and Ketone IQ. We really appreciate their support. We really appreciate you all too. I love this sport and this community so much. And to the extent this podcast helps clarify the situation, I'm happy to be of service. On with the show. Gary Robbins, welcome back to the podcast, buddy. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. really appreciate you reaching out.
0: So uh, skipping the, the formalities, as much as I want to do a long form catch up with you, buddy, obviously there's going to be a lot of people who are eager to hear from you about, you know, the sort of uh, major news that has evolved in our wonderful sport and our wonderful community that you have unfortunately been the focal point for, and we are going to just orient our entire conversation about this and we'll save our long form catch so- up
1: I thought this was going to be about my recent 27-kilometer uh, victory at the Frosty Mountain races in Manning. Is that not what we're talking? Yeah, I wanted to hear about that. Their- I really wanted to talk about me right now.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll save all your heroic athletic achievements for a, for a different podcast. All right. But it's now been about a week since you learned about Ironman and UTMB starting a new race in Whistler formerly the home of your race, Whistler Alpine Meadows, affectionately known as Wham, a very popular race in the local community that I had heard nothing but positive things about. And before we back up in the timeline, I w- would love to hear you talk about you know, how you learned that this happened, because you had said in your blog post that you got some sort of a communication from Ironman and UTMB the night before this was announced publicly. So let's start there and then we'll go backwards in the timeline. How did you hear about it and what was your initial reaction?
1: Yeah, I was watching the bigs backyard um, unfold. There were only a couple of laps to go at that point, unbeknownst to all of us. I thought I might be up for another 20 hours, but um, uh, my business partner, Jeff Langford, uh, messaged me that we had just heard from the point contact on the Iron Man side of things that we were getting a courtesy call, courtesy heads up about what was going live the following morning. So I, I don't know what time it went live. It was there when I woke up at seven in the morning, but essentially that was about 14, maybe 15 hours before this went live. At best, call it a dozen hours was the first time we had heard anything about it.
0: And your initial reaction, complete devastation and uh, disbelief, more or less. Yeah. Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, complete shock and still very much confused and shocked about about everything uh, and how this all went down. And uh, yeah, doing my best to just uh, process on a day-to-day basis and, and try to keep moving forward.
0: Okay, so then going back in time, Gary, I think it's gonna be important to set the context here. And I think it's really important to establish your long-term vision for WHAM. A few years ago, you, your partner, Jeff Langford, who you just mentioned, and I gathered on a Zoom call so you could sort of share with me your guys's longer term vision for the race at WAM and building it into like kind of an international destination type event. So for those who aren't familiar, just set that context. When did WAM start? Where does it sit in your portfolio of races and what were your longer term ambitions for it?
1: So the first edition of the race was in 2016, um, and then we got to the 100-mile distance, which was always the kind of goal with what we were doing there for 2019. And uh, in July of 2019, we commissioned a um, five-year, commissioned through a friend, essentially, a five-year vision of what we wanted to do with the, the races in Whistler. All of us believing in entirety at that point in time that this could rival utmb eventually and um and be a race a month after that that would attract an international group of people to whistler uh and reviewing that five-year plan here this morning has been quite uh sad to see in 2019 the, the fifth year being 2024 was everything from arts and culture and festivals and and what we wanted and intended to do from the start, there's an event in Whistler called Crankworks Mountain Biking. And we always thought that we could create the Crankworks of ultra running in Canada. And uh, and here we sit five years after we first put that uh, five-year vision forward, and we no longer have a race in the community.
0: Race directors are, of course, at the mercy of the permitting agencies, And it seems like at some point after a few successful runnings, things began to get rocky with Wham and your relationship with Vail Resorts, which owns Whistler, Blackcomb, the resort destination. Can you sketch the arc of that relationship and where things began to deteriorate between CMTR and Whistler?
1: So the earlier editions of the race in, uh, operated entirely outside the tenure of Vale Resorts Whistler Blackcomb, and at that point there was a different ownership group um, as well. Who, ha- if you ask the community, were were a bit more balanced in their approach to everything. The new ownerships uh, group have had a very complex, muddy um, relationship with the township of Whistler since uh, they they took over. And uh, we eventually started expanding the races and going on to uh, Vail Resorts tenure in 2019. All of our races, which at that point we produced 100 miler, existed within their tenure, and it went fantastically. We had great relationships. The it was produced without issue. Um, Then, uh, as everyone knows, we went into a pandemic, and then in 2021. We got permits to do events in just the fall season coming out of 2021, so we wanted to to do something in Whistler to continue to, to grow and establish our weekend and our time frame there, so we did a shorter version of the races in 2021, and shortly after that was where things started to deteriorate, and we will never know exactly why, but um Weeks after we produced one of the only ultra running events in the Sea to Sky region in September of 2021 in Whistler on courses that we really had to thread a needle with permits that year, just based on different uh, different entities. The longest option we had was 60 kilometers. Uh, two weeks later, the weekend that we'd always operated on was given away by Vail Resorts to um, the Everesting organization. I, I, I'm sorry, I sorry, I think it's uh, the exact name of the organization is maybe... Um, 29029 or something yeah that's it um yeah um we found out about this when that organization launched their dates and now with with where we sit looking all the way back that was the first time that things really seemed to start not making sense for us the races nearly never happened in 2022 and it was a miraculous effort over a period of months by our team and then other Um, stakeholders in Whistler because people wanted the race to continue and we ended up sharing the weekend with the Grand Fondo bike race which is thousands of bike riders through the sea to sky through Squamish up into Whistler Uh, no easy feat for anybody and very fortunate that that group were willing to work with us and then after last year's 2022 version we had attracted 1500 runners from a dozen countries we had produced all of our races we had really felt like, you know, six years of effort surviving through a pandemic, producing races, despite not being able to do them where we wanted to over that time frame that we established ourselves. And we were we felt like it was a launching point. I mean, when we went home after WAM 22, just over a year ago, once we finally all got some rest, uh, we really felt as an organization, we were just positioned to take the next step with the, with this event. Um, and then it just, we just started getting basically, um, no clear communication. Um, there was suggestions that there being issues, but never any, any foundation for what that was. And the person that we were supposed to go through for permits went through long stretches of just not responding to us at all. Um, and eventually at the end of January with the last ditch ditch effort from us, as we bled into February, uh, we were not given a clear path forward, and we were presented a permitting option that we were willing to fulfill, and I can't argue that uh, um, Vale Resorts would want a more significant um, process at that point. We were open to it and almost expected it, just given the size of the entity. Uh, but we were then told we weren't allowed to promote the events for months further until all of this was complete. And you can't launch an event, an event in September for registration in April or May. And I think all of us understand that. Um, so we, did, we made the hard decision that we had to walk away. And we were left with a lot of questions when that happened as to how it had deteriorated so rapidly.
0: In your blog post, Gary, you mentioned how you had commissioned an F- economic impact study about how WHAM had benefited both the local municipality, but also the province of British Columbia more broadly. I'm sure that you presented Whistler with those numbers, with those facts, as you were attempting to salvage the 2023 race. Was there any reaction to the positive impact that you're having on the community from Vail Resorts? No,
1: I don't believe there was um to my recollection there was never even a, an actual response or once the numbers were provided there was a lot of pressure to get those numbers to them we did that eventually we had to let the process play out and um and we're quite proud of those numbers i mean it was millions of dollars of economic activity and there was no there were no conversations specific to that after that study had come to light.
0: Yeah, and it seems like Whistler balked at providing approval for the 2023 race based on a criticism about your medical plan. I'd love to have you respond to that criticism to what extent, to the extent you can talk about it. Is it fair? Is it ludicrous? Is it somewhere in between? Um, it's
1: really tough to speak about specific details with everything right now given we still have um an existing NDA that I think had a 36 month term on it kind of thing. Uh, I think the best way to say it is that when we eventually got proper feedback from the very top of the food chain, um, it was clear that the information that had been put in front of that person was 50% accurate and 50% inaccurate. Uh, We never did respond to that because at that point we already knew it was not gonna work. And the medical side of things, So as an organization, we've always gone above and beyond to be leaders in what we do. And we've we had all of our races for the last eight, eight, nine years in an 11 year history. We've had an ambulance at the finish line. We've had we spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on our medical um, plan and personnel. And none of that is mandated through other communities. And I think it should be. But, you know, beyond that. We train our employees, the, our employees, sorry, we train the people that work with us on events. Most of them have full time jobs and they kind of get honorariums to help us out uh, on backcountry wilderness first aid. Like we go above and beyond to do everything we can to insulate our to protect the runners that show up at our races from significant injury um and you know medical plans go as far as identifying everybody volunteering on course that has uh, medical training and we position them we allocate them specific to trying to give as much blanket coverage as possible um and we have a, a a new medical provider this year and um unfortunately the head of the previous organization that we worked with passed away shortly after um the conclusion of the events and um Um, So shout out to Doug House, we all love working with him, but we're working with a new organization now and uh, they have thoroughly enjoyed uh, us and our side and reiterated how professional they find our organization. So I guess the best way to say it is there was a very strong breakdown between upper level and us and we all went through the same pinch point and the pinch point was creating issues above and below that never should have made it to race weekend. And I, yeah, I mean, I think that's basically, we don't take it, we don't take it lightly. And a big part of our, our budget for each of the races involves professional medical coverage.
0: Yep. Okay, great. So it feels to me that, and you, I think you even say this in your blog post that it wasn't as if they gave you an explicit, no, you can't go off with your event, but they almost forced you out from your perspective through just kind of increasing red tape. And as far as I can tell, Iron Man's assertion is that they began the conversation with Whistler after you and Jeff publicly announced that you are gonna be canceling Wham. Do you find that realistic? Do you feel that's, that's honest? Uh, the
1: information that continues to come out since this has become public a week ago, has done nothing but introduce further doubt into my mind.
0: Okay, so, you know, as an observer, Ironman and Vail Resorts are have two of the you know toughest reputations in the outdoor and endurance sports marketplace in the industries. And so no one's sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I was listening to David and Megan Roche's podcast on the subject, and they introduced something that I thought was interesting that I'd love to get your reaction on, sort of saying, they brought up that Hanlon's razor, which is like a philosophical concept of like never attribute to malice what could otherwise be explained by ignorance. And so if we were interpreting this in the most generous way, It would be that there may not have been a grand conspiracy, but that, you know, Iron Man is just like they're oblivious to the community dynamic in trail running. You know, they're more connected with the triathlon community. What would you say to that?
1: Well, they come from a legal background as well, right? So I very much appreciate that balanced opinion. And I've been struggling with exactly that myself, not the not uh, um, specific to how they describe it. But trying to discern um, if this could be com- just, just um, as simple as lack of communication the entire way through that led to a unique opportunity that coincidentally happened to align perfectly with how things unfolded. And I am not about to say that is not a possibility because I think it is a possibility, although the probability of it erodes daily with the response that we're seeing from the other side and the problem I'm coming up against is everybody involved in this had clear open communication lines of communication with us from top to bottom I mean there's someone on the other side who I've known for 20 years and have a lot of respect for and for some reason throughout all of this nobody communicated anything with us until the last second and we also know with confidence it was kept um, very tight internally as well. So if it was as simple as coincidental timing with these two parties coming at it, I feel like we probably would have heard from them somebody just basically saying, oh, by the way, we've decided to do this. But the way that it's all come out really puts that into question for me.
0: And for the record, Gary, you would know a lot better than myself. I've tried to review some things online. To what extent does the UTMB Whistler race weekend and course, mimic, wham? Uh, substantially, um,
1: as minimally divergent as necessarily as necessary. Uh, I, from what I've seen, it's mostly just a different start and finish location and, and making sure that they operate entirely within their tenure and not have to look at permits outside of failed resorts.
0: And have you received any correspondence from anybody aside from that courtesy note last Wednesday?
1: Um, there have since been a couple of, of loose prompts that like, Hey, if you guys would like to talk, we're open to it or not. And I just have no time for that right now. And I mean, it's fair if they want to then claim that they're reaching out and, um, and they, they have so, uh, but very loosely and not something that I'm, um putting in my calendar right now.
0: Yeah. So another important thing to discuss here is what you talked about in your blog post as it pertains to Squamish, another amazing event that uh, has been in your guys's portfolio for at least a decade now. It was the start. Yeah. You know, it's, it, we,
1: it was the beginning of everything. So 2012 was the first Squamish 50, and that has allowed us to build a trail running series that we now maintain, a trail running, a group of trail races.
0: So you and Jeff after some outreach from Ironman, engaged in conversation exploring whether or not it might behoove you and the community to potentially sell that event to Ironman slash UTMB. And it seems like they kind of walked away from those conversations in June of this year, if I'm not mistaken. And I went
1: a- back to uh, ensure I was 100% accurate. So the final communication was at the end of June. The first we had ever heard of them... Um, slowing down acquisitions and and putting things on pause was May 23rd uh, this year.
0: What do you want to say about that episode and that timing? Because that also feels a little bit strange to me in that the conversations were ongoing and then came to an abrupt conclusion three months before this went public. It's another
1: one of those. It goes back to what the Roaches had said Yeah. you do your best to allow for as much possibility that there wasn't malice involved. But when you really start to put piece everything together, it becomes incredibly challenging to convince
0: yourself of that. Yeah. So let's talk about the community response. Cause I know this is, this is yeah. like a really important piece of the whole thing. How have you and Jeff reacted to this outpouring of support that you've received from the community? And is there anything that stands out in your guys' private conversations together that you think are important for the community to know?
1: Yeah, so, you know, when this all went down, our, my goal with putting something out there was simply to ensure that the community understood locally that this wasn't us because it was confusing. And some people thought that we were now working with them on this event. So really, what we were looking to establish was we have nothing to do with this. We just found out about it with you guys. It doesn't sit well, and we want to produce our own event. And the local groundswell was really incredible to see. Then watching that spill out and ripple through the North American, and then cross oceans to to Europe and beyond, and um, and even you know, it's become an international thing. Was 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 unexpected. Um, and the nonstop level of support that we've received has been has been phenomenal, and really does talk to the tight knit community that this is. Even if we're all separated by major ge- geographical distances, that we are all kind of linked together, and what we what we want from the sport of ultra trail running that we've we you and I and so many other people have been involved in for decades, and we you and I make our living off of. Did it surprise you? I definitely did not anticipate or foresee this happening. Um, that, that has, it surprised me and it's continuing to surprise me. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really nice for, for us who've been doing this for 10 years to recognize that the hardest part in all of this is that you do your best to be good people and good business people and, and to uphold and, and preach the values of what we do in this sport. and. And how to be good trail stewards and and then you can feel immediately irrelevant and powerless when stuff like this happens. And um to see the community kind of pick us up as well it was something that wasn't uh wasn't uh took us by surprise and has honestly brought both of us to like tears of joy through through the emotional uh first few days of really processing what was happening.
0: Yeah. The reason I asked Gary just to provide a statement that you can respond to or not, is that it feels to me that if this didn't impact you personally, it would have blown over quickly. Because, because it was you, you know, a person with a sterling reputation who's universally loved in the trail running community, <laughs> the community showed up to defend you, right? And there's a lot of mom and pop race organizations out there for whom this could have been, you know, the exact same copy paste situation, and the response wouldn't have happened. So in some ways, this might be a good thing for other RDs, although you're the casualty.
1: I agree entirely. And we, Jeff and I have said as much how fortunate we are to actually have a voice in this community that allowed us to Take a stand and and get our messaging out there that counters a lot of what was being served kind of against us, um, and that is unique. And we are very fortunate for that. And you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Is um, it 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 for most people would just go away really quickly, and the local race director has no say over things. And before they know it, the big businesses just steamroll them out of their community.
0: So looking ahead, Gary, I'm sure you can't share too many details, but you've made it clear that you intend to start a competing event, David versus Goliath. What do you want to share? (laughs) That's the name of the race. Did I tell you that? You're not supposed to. (laughs) What do you What do you want to share about D versus G? I'm sure you haven't made a lot of progress in you know the last six days or whatever. But well, for the last six days, I was in Edmonton for a sports event.
1: So yeah, this dropped, and I was on a flight. And me and a buddy take a sports trip once a year. Six months ago, that was booked. I had a mostly great weekend with 55,000 fans at an outdoor hockey game. Um, but yes, uh, there was a, there was there were other things happening, and today has been the first action day for us to try to start getting things rolling here um, for what we're looking to do. And we've already had a few Zoom meetings, and beyond anything else, we know we have the support necessary to make this happen. And, um, we know the steps that are in front of us and it's not, uh, it's not easy or short or guaranteed, but we do know that we have the the right people in the right areas that support what we're looking to do. And that gives us all the hope in the world that we can make this happen.
0: So before we sign off, Gary, I'd love to hear if there's anything else that we haven't covered that you want to say. that's important here because you and I spoke on the phone earlier this morning and, You know, what you wanted to make clear is like, hey, I don't want this to lead to like universal negativity, right? Like one of the things that makes our community amazing is that we do show up for one another. And this is a perfect example of that. But also this is a really important moment, man. Like this is a crossroads thing. And again, unfortunately you're the catalyst in this moment. And I'm sure thoughts have been ricocheting through your brain for the last week. And I are wondered you implying if they haven't
1: slept for a week. <laughs> that is what I'm implying. You might be right.
0: <laughs> what what else are we are we missing about this situation here that you think is important for the public to understand?
1: Uh <laughs> So I've heard from a few other people um People, locations, entities that you would not expect this group to be interested in, and I think they have uh, thrown the net wide and far, and uh, and it's uh, a lot more present than even I had recognized in terms of um, of what that what that plan might be. Uh, The big thing for me that I've seen that I I feel is is relevant here is a lot of people have expressed you know well what what can i do what are the other options what and and i also want to say i'm not going to judge or fault anybody for wanting to do utmv races i mean they serve a great purpose in our community on the counter to our north american permitting where the best races in north america you need to plan to get in 10 years in advance if you're going to hope to do Western States or Hard Rock, and you remove this big linchpin from the top where thousands of runners can go, that's not going to have a positive effect on on what we're looking to accomplish as trail runners. But when the uh, the UTMB-Ironman relationship began, that's when things really altered for what I perceive from from my, my athletic side of things as being the negative. And people need to vote with their dollars and support what they believe in um, but I think the biggest thing now is that I don't have an understanding of what is available out there that can mimic what is only advertised available from these UTMB races. And what I mean by that is Ellie Greenwood did a great job at trying to identify some other wonderful European races where you're supporting good organizations and you can get into the races and you're going to get everything that you might be after with beautiful, challenging, mountainous terrain, a European vacation Um, And I think we need to find a way to just have a bit more um, uh, uh, clarity and and communication around what alternatives might look like so that people can decide if you still want to go do three weeks in Europe and run a super crazy, difficult race. You have these options. And I don't think this is the only option for people, even though it appears oftentimes that it is the only option because there's just not enough marketing um uh sway from from these these not lessers not the right word but lesser known races to to um get their message out to international communities.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I was one of the vocal optimists when this UTMB Ironman merger occurred.
1: I you actually helped me be optimistic.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think this is Important, right? Like, and in, in that podcast, I said, you know, I will be the first person to criticize when things deserve criticism. And I think this is one of those moments. And it feels to me like something needs to change here with this specific instance. and to the extent you know, they've reached out to you, maybe that's the Olive branch that that might start a broader dialogue. But I think the important thing that I've learned, as I've now entered the world of race directing is that it is a time of squeeze, right? It is a time of corporatization and like, even for our small events too, you know, you do feel a little bit of that pinch, right? Because we don't offer stones because we're not part of the UTMB world series. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are just as important to the fabric of the community as Not just as,
1: we're more important, we're building the community that they depend on for their massive events to succeed.
0: Thank you, yeah. Well, Gary, I'm really sorry this has happened to you, man. And I, you know, having been part of the conversation a few years ago and just thinking, man, yeah, that Wham Race has so much potential, right? To see that sort of taken from- We weren't the only ones that thought uh, it had
1: so much potential. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, but we are at a crossroads moment here and yeah, like I said, unfortunately you are the catalyst, but you know, sort of somebody has to be, and you're sort of maybe the, the hero we need in this situation. And, you know, to the extent that you, you can sort of keep us appraised of how this evolves, I think everybody in the community would be really interested uh, not only for, you know, the race that you will hopefully be announcing in the near future, but, you know, just anything else that we can learn from this particular situation, you know, having a race that was really core and, and really important to your entire portfolio, sort of taken over by, um, you know, by force almost is at least the public perception Um you know, we we can have our antennas up at this point and and looking forward that this this will be a moment for us to all learn and, and grow from together. And I think you're the perfect person to to sort of carry the torch as we as we march into this crossroads moment in this next generation of the sport.
1: I don't know about that, but I do appreciate the confidence and we'll do the best we absolutely can on this side of things and I just want to try to keep it as civil as possible and as uh, informative as possible, and and again to allow people to make their own decisions from that point in time. I'm not going to pass judgment on anybody that makes the decisions that make the most sense for them, and um, it would be hypocritical of me too because as recently as the last few years, I've kept dreaming of a, an eventual return to UTMB, which would never work for my personal schedule. Um, so yeah, it's just more for me right now about getting the messaging out there and making sure that people understand what's happening. And you do with that what makes the most sense for you as a person.
0: Yeah. Well, Gary let's catch up, uh, and, and keep things, you know, a little bit more positive and optimistic the next time we talk, but
1: I was only 10 minutes behind the course record in that 27 <laughs> race. So you don't even want to talk about
0: it. <laughs> well, dude, keep me posted. I want to come up and do one of your races here in the spring or summer of 2024. And, uh, if there's anything free trail can do to, to amplify the message, please do let me know. Um, would be happy to, to be part of it. But, um, yeah man, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate your your openness and your honesty and your willingness to do it. Thanks very much
1: for having me and for all that you do in the sport and just for being a great human and and continuing to put that energy out
0: there every day. Gary Robbins, the man, the myth, the legend. Hope the conversation was helpful in some way. Honestly, I don't know what role I should play here. So I'm just following my heart and doing the best I can. So thanks so much for trusting me enough to listen. Make sure you visit the show notes where I link to Gary's event company, Coast Mountain Trail Running, where you can check out their existing calendar and maybe find an opportunity to go support and participate. Honestly, I'm not sure how much more we'll talk about this subject on the show. I was thinking about maybe doing a roundtable with some people, but. I'm also feeling pretty down about all the controversy recently and I might just take a back seat. Again, I'll follow my intuition and try to do what feels right. Thank you all for listening. Love you all very much. Talk soon. Bye-bye.